We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. I can't believe it's been it's been a little bit since we've had a response. So uh, it's exciting to be back here uh, with Matt as normal. Hello. It is, of course, good to be back with you, Evan, and good to be back on the podcast. Uh, it's been a good summer, but it has been a few weeks since we've been yeah. able to get on here and talk <laughs> through the Brotherhood Breakfast. I will say, though, uh, not for lack of people coming. We broke records yeah. in both June and July for our summer nice. attendance with... If you don't know the trend of churches, it's usually hard to get people to attend church type things in the summer, not with brotherhood. Uh, they're yeah. saving their vacation time to go after. Like I, I knew, I knew a number of people who left for their vacation after the breakfast. And I thought, all right, oh, wow. okay, I'll, get, I'll jump in on that. So yeah, super <laughs> excited, Bo- broke records on both months. So man, I'm stoked to be here with you talking about our last breakfast and uh, what happened there? It's, uh, it was a yeah. different one. It was a little bit different, um, but I think that uh, just kind of looking at you know the the whole story, Adam's story, and everything else, uh, I think it makes a little bit of sense uh, because he has a really impactful story. And uh, you know, historically at Brotherhood, we've had a lot of guys who are maybe a little bit more polished uh, speakers or so, and uh, you know that's obviously great. But I feel like, especially as we get a little bit further into like kind of Adam's. Uh, story, like just the willingness for vulnerability is uh, something that's mm-hmm. absolutely huge. And I think that, you know, we need to hear Adam's story just as much as we need to hear, you know, somebody who's who's used to speaking in front of a lot of people. So uh, one of the first things I want to start off with before we even jump into any of this is to just give uh, like a mad respect to Adam for being, first of all, willing to get up there and share his story. I know that, you know, when somebody's sitting there and you're, you're shining a little bit of a light into your past and your, if your past isn't that great, uh, you know, obviously it's a redemption, redemption story. So that, that part is, you know, one of the things that we celebrate, but even still, I think sometimes, especially for me, I want to, I just want to hit the highlights. I want to hit all of the, like, here's what I've done. Here's what I've accomplished. You know, uh, here's, here's why you should be talking to me kind of situations. And we kind of, uh, gloss over the other part. And I think that, uh, Adam really talks about it, uh, a little bit further in when he got into some of his mighty Oak stuff, he's like, this is a real guy. This is a guy that, you know, is dealing with some of the same struggles as me. He's on the same path. He's just, he's trying to be, uh, the best person that he can be. He's trying to be what God created him to be. And in that process, there is a struggle. There is an enemy that's after us that's trying to distract us. There's an enemy that's attacking us. Uh, and in in that, we get tripped up. And it's not something that we are ever proud of. Uh, but I think what brotherhood hopefully is shining a light on uh, and this community is shining a light on is that it's not uh, our past is not something to be ashamed of. Our past is ultimately the platform that God has given us uh, to point others to him. And I think Adam did a wonderful job of that. And I'm hoping no matter what we talk about here today, you know, my goal with this is to dig a little bit deeper, uh, to expand some of the things that that Adam talked about. So, you know, I don't want any of this to come across as 
you know, I can't believe this guy did X, Y, and Z. I can't believe he made these decisions or uh, I don't want to come off as judgy or anything. That's not the heart of any of this. The heart of this is looking at some of the things, some of the parallels that Adam's had in his life that he's willing to talk about and that he's willing to share uh, in, in the hopes that if there's somebody else that's going through what Adam's going through, there's somebody else who's kind of been in that struggle. There's somebody that's dealing with some of the uh, the coping and, and some of the pain that Adam's had in his past uh, that we can help uh, kind of use Adam as an example of this is a real guy. This is a real guy with real challenges, with real uh, struggles in his life. And this is the difference that God's made in that journey. This is the difference that community and brotherhood has made in his life. So I'm excited to, to jump into this, but I wanted to make sure that we specifically took time to say, Adam, thank you so much for sharing your mm -hmm. story. Thank you so much for being brave and willing. And even though in the lead up to this thing, you were just feeling like uh, a little bit of an imposter, didn't feel like you should be up there. Uh, I am looking forward to having conversations with guys, kind of the same thing that John had when he was talking about his story of of the lives that were impacted, the, the, the message that was resonating with our brotherhood in terms of, you know, how that step in vulnerability, that step in saying, you know, I don't have it all together, but here's what I'm working towards and here's how God's helping me. Man, I think that's the most powerful thing that we can take away from this. So excited to jump in, but man, uh, so proud of Adam for 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 doing that and, and being willing to be vulnerable. Yeah, Adam really brought light and balance to the Brotherhood stage and really a throwback to what started Brotherhood. Brotherhood started with just a few guys meeting for breakfast and it was those guys talking they would get on stage, discuss their story and what God had done in their lives. And of course, Adam did that very thing. And then as things grow, of course, like you mentioned, we do, we are fortunate to have some polished speakers come through. We've got some polished speakers in the whole group itself. Uh, but Adam brought to the stage a gravity that said, wow, this guy is like, I mean, he's sitting right beside me at church. Like he's, he doesn't have this, um, you know, fairy tale career or this uh, Cinderella story, if you will, that I don't feel like I could aspire to. He has a story that is, if I may not be as far down the path, but I see myself could be on that same path or have been in my life. And I think a lot of men saw that. And just the format, being able to sit there and discuss that with Lee and with Johnny, you know, we encourage you, of course, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the podcast, actually with Adam Swing over there after you're done uh, with this episode and listen to him talk and just tell his story, have a conversation with Johnny and Lee and, you know, watching those three guys get up there, they all embody this idea of just a regular guy. You know, they're a guy that I can connect with. You can connect with, have stories similar to us and to see Adam walk through, you know, he tells that moment and I don't want to, uh, spoil the surprise here that we're fixing to talk about, but, uh, he tells that moment where a guy kind of speaks to him on the porch and says, you know, are you going to do this? Are you ready to do this my way? you know, something to that yeah. effect. And man, have we not all had that moment? No matter what, <laughs> I mean, he's thinking about suicide. Yeah. Maybe I've never considered that. Maybe I have. I mean, those are things that we keep close to the fest, close to our vest in the dark. And we've all had that moment where God's like, okay, I mean, you've done it your way for a while, Matt. How about my way? And then, you know, there's that moment of humility and you're like, ah, all right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's try this your way. Yeah. I think I think you have to get to that point where you're willing to listen. And I, I for us, for me, uh, it's I I I I want to listen. Like I'll definitely I'll make time to listen, and then like that time ends, and then I go back to 
you know, autopilot. And it's like, I'm just going to do, I got, I have to do these things. And I'm, I'm trying to find that balance of like, God, are you like, are you leading me in this? And, and what are the steps that I need to take versus what are the steps that I, I trust you for? And so like, I, I always, you know, pastor George has done a really good job. I think of kind of educating us that, you know, God leads us in steps. He's, but there's also, it, there's an action and then God's response. And so it's, it's finding that balance of like, what should I be doing in this? But I think listening uh, and being willing to say, okay, God, like full surrender. Uh, I, I, I'm willing to do it your way, not my will, but yours be done. I, I feel like uh, that's been a prayer that I've been saying a lot lately. It's mm. just not my will, but yours be done. It's like just going back to that. I think it's in the Lord's prayer that like, you, you just sit there and you're like, all right, God's teaching me how to pray. This is how I, this is how I talk to God. And right off the bat, he's just leading with surrender. Uh, he's just saying, you know, as it, as on earth, as it is in heaven, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's just talking about like, God has a plan. He, he wants the best for us. That's why, you know, it's playing out that way in heaven, but like, we want heaven now. We, we want to live in that. And for us, we, I think just try to take control too much, uh, try try to take control of our destiny, try to take control of, you know, what's happening. And we're not allowing God, uh, that little bit to move in his way, which his way is greater than our ways. We, we know that we, we know that he's, he has a plan for us to be the best, uh, not, not for us to be in a situation where we're compromised. I mean, you know, Adam talked a lot about just sh- the shame, like the shame in the moment of being in battle and not being able to, you know, do what he was supposed to do. And like me, I was supposed to be that guy that was there. Like, you know, God's not thinking that God's saying, I, Hey, I, I, I protected you. Like I, I, I've, I have saved you for a purpose. Like your story through all of this can impact other people's lives. But in that moment, you're not seeing that you're just seeing the, the repercussions of, you know, what's happened. And you just, you just carry that. And you have to trust that even in those moments that God can use that is your God big enough. We talked about this in in other podcasts is God big enough to use even the darkest part of your life to make an impact is can God use those things or can he only use your, your victories? Because if God can only use our victories, we're not relatable again. We're, we're, we're not in a situation where other people who are in the, they're in the fight right now, they're just going, well, of course, Matt was able to to get through that because he, he's Matt. Like he's, he's successful at everything that he does. There's no way I could do that, but God can use through vulnerability and God can use through even the darkest parts of your life to, to help other people. And it's to his glory. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point of what we're here for. We're here to bring honor to God. We're here to point people to God. That's the great commission. And so if, if God can use every aspect of our life, even the parts that, you know, we would view as shameful, we would view as something that where we have failed, man, that's, I, I, it's encouraging for me. And I'm saying all this stuff out loud and I'm encouraging myself, which is, which is funny, <laughs> but it's, it's just stuff that I need to hear. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned that sovereignty and you know, God's ways being higher than our ways and submitting to that sovereignty is such an interesting sensation because for a moment, sometimes a few moments, it feels like failure. It feels like disappointment. You're almost like you don't want to give up that way. And me coming to God and finally saying, okay, you know, let's do it your way. Or, you know, what do you think? Or, you know, just sitting there quiet enough to hear 
it brings this moment of like, well, I guess it's not going to happen my way or it's not going to happen. It's just, I had this picture and uh, I guess, you know, and so there's that moment of disappointment and remind me of when Paul says, you know, I die to myself daily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a grieving moment that it's it, grieving's a bit dramatic, but as I've, I've watched a few people go through grief and they'll kind of reflect that you have a taste of it when you get disappointed or you miss out on something or your hopes aren't met or your expectations aren't met. But what blows my mind every time, and I'm still amazed that I forget this. I'm still amazed that I, in those moments of disappointment, I forget that like yesterday, God astounded me with his way of doing things. But I'll have that moment where I step in a right of sovereignty and say, okay, God, you know, I give, I give you sovereignty over my life. I choose to follow you and whatever you would have. That means giving up this expectation, this thing, this moment, this hope, this dream I have or whatever it may be. And then the moment I do that and kind of get into God's way of doing things, he unfolds this idea and plan and life path that I am just blown away at. And I'm so thankful at. And it's like, how do I forget this every time that my way literally will not be good in comparison to his way? I have to get this disappointment when I give him sovereignty only to find out it's actually going to be better for me. And I should have done this a long time ago. Like those are the things that just you, you hear Adam tell that story and you're like, Oh my gosh, how do I do that every time? How do we as men do that every time sit there and it doesn't happen the way we want. We're disappointed. We finally give it over to God and then he unfolds it. It's not just the way it's not. And this is where the higher than our ways, you know, Pastor George, if you've been watching his YouTube channel, pointed out something that we often regard God's higher ways as opposite. And he says, they're not. They're just like your ways, but better. And that is the story of my life. It's like everything I gave to God, it's like the what I wanted, but better. Like that is redemption beyond. I, like that makes me love Jesus more than anything. <laughs> well, I, I think I have an answer to your question. Uh, the question is like, how do I how do I not have that constant battle of forgetting what God's had for me? Uh, I, I feel like Adam addresses it. He says, "Be in the Word, be in prayer, be in church, and be in touch with your brother your brotherhood." Okay. I, and I think that you know, even just this conversation right here, like you strip the podcast away from it, we're just talking about this. It's it's that revelation is coming to you, like man, like. I am wrestling with God all the time and he, he for whatever reason I he just waits for me to wear out and then he's like okay here's the better way. Well, you know what? That brotherhood, that that being in the word, that all those things like if you read the Bible uh and you just kind of go through the character of God and what he's trying to tell us, you you're sitting there going this guy this guy is going above and beyond for me. I don't deserve mm-hmm. it. And that's that's yeah, the whole that's grace true. thing, but you're sitting there going like, why, why am I fighting this? And, and I, I feel like that when you're truly plugged in, when you're truly in tune and, and God is a hundred percent part of your life, it, you don't have to be reminded of it because it's always there and it's always in front of you. So uh, obviously jumped ahead a little bit on that, but man, that I, and Lee made a big point to, to kind of go kind of rewind and say like, this will change your life. And I, I, I mean, 100% agree. Like I was writing it down as he was saying that. And I just said, you know what? Um, there are going to be trials in your life. There's going to be uh, opportunities for you to succeed. There's going to be opportunities for you to fail. But when you are 100% plugged in, 
I think that you can see the bigger picture. I think you can say, this is a spiritual battle. I'm under attack right now. And what do I need to do? As opposed to woe is me, you know, this is, this is it. And then we switch over to like depression. We switch over to like, I'm a failure. We switch over to all these things. And then next thing you know, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting in this situation where we're just, we're just, we're depressed and we feel like a failure mm-hmm. and that's Adam's story. And that is our story. That's, I think that's everybody's story. But when you look at what God's, what, what God says you are, what God says about you, you can't, I don't think you can go there. Like, I, I really don't think you can go. If the creator of the universe is saying that I've created you for a purpose, I, I can't get depressed with that. Like now I'm useful. Now I, now I have a purpose. Now there's like, I'm supposed to achieve something and everything that I'm doing should be marching towards that. And I think that, you know, we get to that whole situation of surrender. Like you, I, I kind of laughed when you said this, but you said like, I feel like I'm giving up. That's exactly what surrender is, Matt. It's giving <laughs> <I know>. up. <laughs> That's the point I was and trying to make. It's we're, like, ah. we're talking about surrender and you're like, oh, I don't want to give up. I'm like, Okay, well, surrender is maybe a little bit more of a sexy term for it, but it's the same thing. We're 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 completely saying, I give up. I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it your way. And we know, uh, I know, I think you know, that God's way is better. Like we've literally just said it, and yet we still wrestle and we still fight. And I think that the if we're talking about being vulnerable right now. I'm being vulnerable. I am still fighting and I'm trying to, to not do that. But I think, you know, there are lapses in, in being in prayer and being in church and, and, and being in the word and, and being in a, in a brotherhood. I, I, it's not a hundred percent. Um, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying this on the podcast and I'm a big part of the podcast. So if that tells you anything, it's not, it's not a hundred percent yet. I, I want it to be. And, I, but I think it's that, that's, it's that desire. It's that's that making it a priority. It's making those steps. It's saying it out loud. Hey, Hey God, I'm not at a hundred percent right now. Uh, help me. I mean, Adam said, change me. He just straight up said, I'm in change me. If you think about that, if, if you truly think about that, the weight of that statement, the weight of that statement is completely change me. Like we put a lot of weight on identity. We put a lot of weight on who we are, whether it be our occupation, our family, uh, our bloodlines, our uh, nationalism, whatever it may be. And you get to a point in your life and you say, you know what, God, I don't care about any of that. Just change me. Just, just the way that I've done it is not the way uh, I know that now change. That is, I'm going to say it and it's going to conflict what I've said before, but I think it makes, it makes sense in my head. It's really scary. Like I know God will take it to completion and, and make it way better. But why does that feel scary, Matt? Why, why, why am I sitting there going like I'm clinging on to this, this thing that says, uh, you know, it has to be my way. And I know that God's way is better, but it's still scary. That doesn't make sense to me. Walk me through that. Well, I mean, I, I can walk <laughs> with you through it. Um, I, I, I feel like I just asked the same question. It's like, there is this concern. I mean, if I had to just say straight up, I think God built it into us. I mean, I think that's why those who please God are those who walk in faith. Because that moment of, if it's not scary, it doesn't require faith 
to believe in God being on the other side. You know, it, there was an old movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I think probably just the people listening to this podcast would know who it is, know what it is now. Although it's an epic movie, um, you know, he does the whole. He steps out on this invisible bridge. So there you go. He steps out on an invisible bridge, and that's what it's like. You know, so imagine whether you've seen the movie or not, you're stepping out on a bridge that you can't see. That's what faith is. And we end up clinging to something that we're comfortable with, that we're familiar with. That For me, it's what I hoped would happen. I, I'm sure I do cling to things that are familiar and comfortable and all that stuff. I'm, but in my life right now in this space, I had hopes for this summer that were different than what's happening this summer. <laughs> I had hopes for my 42nd year of life that's different than my 42nd year of life. So it's a, there's a lot of in my life, this idea of like, okay, God, I'm giving it over to you. I'm following you. But it is a bit, I mean, you said it's scary. And it reminds me of the children of Israel. When they had to leave Egypt, they get into the wilderness and then they've got to walk what ultimately is a short day trip, but it's through a bunch of terrain and through a place, a country that, or a country area that they didn't, they weren't familiar with, didn't know. So they're in, And then when you get there, so hold on, that's scary. But the promised land is just as scary. There's giants, big buildings, like you're trying, you're here to take away things that these people think they have. And <laughs> for all intents and purposes, they do. Like, I get it. God gave that land a long time ago. They're not supposed to be on it. And it was, I think it was given to Seth or something like that back in the day, way before them. And then Cain's people come and encroach on it. That's where we get the land of Cain then. So I get it. They were there legally. At least that's what I've been taught theologically. <laughs> I feel like I need that felt board with. Yeah, no kidding. That's about. what we need. Yeah, just kind of put yes. everything in place yeah, so exactly. that I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. Now I understand what's going on. Exactly. There's the walls. So everything's scary when you leave. When you step out with God, everything's scary. I mean, the whole Bible. I, it's like I was reading the Bible one time, and I thought, you know, Lord, I could sum this whole thing up for you. Do not fear. That's the whole Bible. Like everywhere you go, do not fear. 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 So apparently, fear is a big deal. Apparently, we're not the only ones. Apparently, God's whole message, besides Jesus loves you, this I know, is don't be scared. But here we are, scared. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would say first, it's choose me, and then don't be afraid. I think, I think those two kind of go, like maybe that's like the headline and then the subheadline, yeah, because good, I, yeah. think, I think that whole, that whole walk is, you know, it is scary. And I, I don't know. I don't know if this is helping anybody, but this is, is something that I'm just kind of thinking through as we're talking about it, that, you know, we're, we're created for a purpose and we're, we're here, we're trying to do, you know, hopefully what God's guiding us to do. We're clinging onto this thing that we think that we're supposed to do. We're feeling like a failure. We're feeling like we, we haven't done what we thought we were supposed to do. You know, for Adam, he, he thought he was supposed to save his buddy. He thought he was supposed to kill the bad guy. But that didn't happen. And so when that didn't happen, uh, he had to carry the weight of that. And, you know, that's for for him, it's not what he thought was supposed to happen. He thought it was supposed to play out differently. And I think that's part of the, part of the walk is we think things are supposed to play out differently. We think that, you know, that we should have saved our buddy. We should have... Uh, got the bad guy. We, we should have done all these different things. And it's just like, 
you know, now I come back and I'm just carrying this weight and I don't know what to do with it all. And it's because I'm still trying to carry it. Uh, you know, one of the prayers that I've said over and over over the last couple of weeks is, Hey God, um, I would like your yoke, please. I would like to, mm, like, yes. I would like to carry your, like you, you talk about in the Bible, like, like my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like I'm, I, and that, that was a surrender for me too. And I'm just sitting there going because I was stressed out. I, you know, spoiler alert, I get stressed. Um, I was stressed out and I was, I was just going through in my mind, like all the different things that had gone, that had happened in the week. And I was focusing probably on the negative and, and that scripture kind of came to me and I was just like, all right, God, I want your yoke. I, I just want like, whatever that, I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that mean? Like you, so you still have a yoke on your shoulders. Like, so there's still a weight there. There's still something that you have to, there's a burden that you have to carry but it's nowhere near what I'm doing. And I, I think part of it is just like saying, Hey, you know, I'm just giving everything to you and you know, God's going to give me what I can handle. God's going to walk me through it. He's going to carry me through all of these different things. And I'm just like, I just want that. I want those things. And I think that, you know, hopefully if, you know, if Adam had been in that situation, you know, the outcome would have been a little bit different, but you know, for us, you know, Adam's story kind of takes a turn and it takes a, it takes a dark turn. Um, mm -hmm. but what I've found is when, especially like when I'm, when you're trying to teach somebody something like you exaggerate the movement, right? Like if I'm going to show you how to do something, I'm going to go really slow or I'm going to go maybe way further than what I would potentially need to go just so you can see what's happening. And I almost feel like in Adam's situation, it's, it's an exaggerated move, but it's enough to jolt us. It's enough to get our attention and say, wow, this is where the path goes. This is where, like what Lee was talking about, uh, that we're all on a path. And if we recognize that the exaggeration of the path, the end point of the path is destruction. For Adam, you know, based on the story that he said, that destruction was either he was going to kill somebody Mm -hmm. Or he was going to kill himself. I mean, that's that's kind of what it came down to, and that's where it, like, he was just sitting there going, like, he had that wake up moment of, like, I'm a monster. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I see where this is going. Like, I have been in a situation that kind of stressed me a little bit more than than I was ready for, and that's where I went. Oh man, like, like that's where this, that's the path. And I got to get off this path. I don't want to be on this path anymore. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a monster. I don't want to be anything associated with that. I need that change. Now, here's here's the thing for, for me. Adam's story is that exaggeration of, of or that acceleration of where that path can be. We don't, as a brotherhood, we don't have to go all the way there. I don't, I don't want everybody to get to that point. I don't want everybody to be stretched to the max where it's, you're just doing everything that you possibly can to cope with it. You're trying to carry it all yourself. I don't want that, but I'm hopeful. And I think that's one of the reasons that we highlight some of these, these, these redemption stories is to know that this is where the path goes. You got to recognize that you're on the path and instead of continuing on that path, let's have that conversation with God much sooner change me because if, if we, if we have that change me moment because we can see where it goes way sooner than where it is right now, I think that that, that gets us off of the path of destruction and it gets us on the path 
of redemption and it gets us on the path to ultimately pointing other people back to him and 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 walking in our purpose and being who God called us to be and being in a position in our lives where we can actually encourage other people and help other people get off that path. So you mentioned the brotherhood and the impact it has in Adam's story. You know, Adam has that moment where he snaps, almost not quite snaps, doesn't execute his desire in that moment. It has another situation later on. You know, he the two moments in his life you mentioned, he had gotten a car wreck and truly was outside of the Holy Spirit intervening, was on his way to kill said person. And then fast forward, he tells a story that he was ready to kill himself. So that right there, the brotherhood came after that. So if we if we kind of deconstruct that, he's going through up to that point, he's going through what we've all been through. And it's this lie that he's the only one like this. Even when he tells the part, I'm a monster. It's from mm-hmm. this point of I'm the only monster that's ever existed. I'm the only no, yeah. human being, the only man that's ever gone this far, that's ever had these thoughts, that's ever really considered these actual things. So what the brotherhood has done in my life, and I hope people can see this, I hope I can paint the picture well is, so I roll into breakfast and I mean, I'm thankful to be part, you know, I, I'm there helping. And a lot of times I'll catch myself just kind of standing there, um, listening. So I'll just be around guys, listen to their conversations, you know, I'm maybe chiming in, maybe not. And inevitably I hear somebody tell a story that is similar to where I'm at. And it reminds me that I'm not by myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like that darkness, that deception from the accuser, from the enemy, it's like that moment of light that other people, other men are dealing with it and that some of those men actually have solutions. I've gotten a lot of great advice from men that didn't know they were giving it to me because they were talking to somebody else while I was listening to their conversation and God answered a question through their conversation that I had been asking for months. So when he step, when Adam steps into that brotherhood, when you listening step into that brother, when me and Evan step into that brotherhood, whether it be the actual brotherhood we're talking about, a breakfast every month, hanging out with other guys, or wherever you are at in community, you, you begin to, God uses those opportunities to shed light on the fact that you're not the only one. And that eases a little bit of the stress and tension. It doesn't fix it all. Adam still had to walk through confession. He still had to walk through healing. He still has to call his cornermen, he calls them, when he's dealing with, uh, you know, the uh, temptation for the addictions he faced. He's still got to do those things to walk through healthy, whole. He's still got to do the four things he mentioned, be in prayer, be in the word, be in church, be in touch with your cornermen. But being in a group by itself without doing those things yet at least sheds light that you're not the only guy facing this. You know, if you come to a breakfast, you will hear a story of somebody facing something similar that you're facing. So when I go, for me personally, when I go just that, that sheds a little light that says, wow, I'm not the only guy dealing with this. I'm not the only guy who has a tough time managing people. I'm not the only guy that has a tough time leading people. I'm not the only guy that snaps and loses his temper in the middle of a freeway because things aren't going right. And then that moment, God steps in and says, here, let me help. Here, see, you're not the only one. Relax a little bit. Here's my yoke. Let's flip this. You take off that heavy burden that somehow you think you're going to carry. I'm going to put mine on there where we're walking together. That's that whole yoke. You know, you and Jesus are walking together. And let me guide you to now I'm a little more inclined 
to get in the word. I'm a little more inclined to pray. I'm a little more inclined to be in church. And it's because I take a step towards being in community, whether it's at the breakfast or just hanging out with other guys and talking with them. That brotherhood, that that horizontal stretch of men in your life eases that pressure a little bit and gives you a moment to go, okay, I'm not the only guy. I can do this. Or actually, better say, God can do it through me. Yeah. Well, I uh, I wanted to kind of point back to something that Lee said early, uh, early on, based on kind of what you were talking about, and it's that that you're the you're the only one that has this problem. That is a that's a tactic of like Lee called it when we get ambushed. Like that these are the the tactics of the enemy. This is the tactics of Satan. Like there's somebody like when we talk about a spiritual battle, there is somebody who does not want us to be successful. That they, they do not want us to be in the fullness of what Christ has us to be. And his tactics have not changed. Like they ha- they don't need to change because they're actually pretty effective. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the interesting thing is that like we fall for it, right? But I think that when you're in the word, when you're in church, when you're in the brotherhood, when you're in those things, when you're in prayer, those, I think those tactics start to kind of reveal themselves for what they really are. And that's where you can be like, all right, I know what's happening here. I know that that I'm trying to be isolated. I know that I'm trying to be pulled over in this direction. This is not what God says about me. So I obviously know that this is the opposite. This is this is something that is 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 trying to destroy me, and and I know where that comes from. And so we can basically say, all right, I need to I need to I need to go the other direction. I need to push away from where this is is taking us. And I think that. Um, the thing that really hit me, and I'd love to get your feedback on this, because like he, uh, Adam said this in kind of the conversation that he, Lee and Johnny were having, was that when he was in some of those moments of struggle, when he was in some of those moments where like he didn't know what to do, he said, I reached out to God, but sometimes God told me, I need you to reach out to a brother. And when oh, he said that, yeah. I was like... You know what? That's that's what that's why the brotherhood's so important. Not necessarily the breakfast itself, but like having a core group of guys. And mm, in his case, it's Mighty Oaks and and Cornerman and all that. Or, you know, for you, it, it can be different. But do you have somebody you can reach out to and say, "Man, I'm struggling with this. I need help." Uh, you know, this I can tell that there's a spiritual battle going on. I can tell that I'm under attack right now. You know, whatever it may be, and in some cases is God saying, like, if you're just like, God, where are you? Why are you not, why are you not, you know, helping me in this? Maybe God has got a brotherhood in your life that you need to talk to about that and they can guide you through that and they can walk you through that. And they'll, they'll, you know, for me, I was thinking back to Mark Delaney's message from the brotherhood summit. Like the entire message is about vulnerability Mm -hmm. and the entire message is just having that willingness to be vulnerable and to build that community through vulnerability and just say, here's who I am. Here's, you know, here's my challenges. Here's what I'm going through. And having that group that's going to encourage you and walk you through that, that only comes through vulnerability. But if you have that, that situation where you can reach out and say, you know, I'm dealing with this and, and realize that you're not alone, even though you know it, sometimes it's good to hear it from somebody else. Hey, like I'm struggling with that too. There's so, so much peace in that. And I think that that's where you can start to hold each other accountable. I think that's where you can start to encourage each other. I actually think a lot about 
the balance of like, like there's encouragement, right? And then there's also like in guy friendships, and I'm going to go deep with this. So let me know if I go too, like mm-hmm. too weird on it. But in guy friendships, like I have found myself saying to people, you'll know that I like you when I give you a hard time or you, you know, like, like I'm going to roast you. I'm going to, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And that's, that's like, that's like the guy thing to do is to, to jab somebody and, and kind of tear them down a little bit. And I'm almost wondering if that's a tactic. I'm almost wondering if that's something that is specifically put in place that, you know, yeah, it's funny. And you're like, oh man, I, that was a, that was a, you know, a sick burn. But at the same time, that's not, that's not building relationships. Like we as men, especially like as you get older uh, and you're carrying responsibility and you're, you're carrying all these different things, like you can joke about stuff. And I've, I've learned this recently. You can joke about stuff, but you don't know what that person's going through. Mm-hmm. And that joke can cut to the heart and you have no idea what landmine you just stepped on or what damage you did in the, in the, in the name of fun, in the name of, you know, Hey, I'm giving you a hard time or like, wouldn't it be crazy if, if X, Y, and Z and to you, it's funny, but to them, it just destroys them. And that is like, that's not what God has for us. Like we're not going to be able to speak into other people's lives. We're not going to be able to build brotherhoods. We're going to build division between ourselves in the name of fun. And I, I think that I'm, a, I need to get better at this for sure. Uh, but I don't want to be the guy that oh, is really good at tearing you down. I want to be the guy that's really good at building you up. And I think that, you know, if you have that brotherhood around you, you got to start speaking life into your brothers. You got to start encouraging them. You got to start, you know, just, you know, asking them how they are and being willing to listen. We, when I talked to Kirby Anderson, we talked to, uh, about, about being uh, interested over interesting mm, and just yeah. having those conversations and just, just being willing to hear somebody, not to just have the conversation of, Hey, how are you doing? How was your week? Whatever, whatever. But truly like, how are you doing? And then press further. Cause guess what? The first answer is going to be, I'm good. I've been in situations where I have been doing horribly. And I literally said to somebody who asked me how I was doing, I said, I'm doing great. And I was sitting there going, you liar. (laughs) You are not doing good. But I didn't want to deal with like, well, first of all, I was like, I don't know if this person even really cares. But I was like, this is a way deeper conversation than I think we're willing that, that we need to go to go into as I'm just you know, bumping into you at the grocery store. So exactly. Uh, oh, I think that all the time, like, man, I'm not going to tell you what I, what's going on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into that conversation. No, that's, I mean, you nailed it. And I, I mean, I don't even know how to traverse that. Like I wouldn't know how to tell somebody cause I don't want to get into it either. Like, but I have started to try practicing. How do you, cause sometimes they're not ready for that answer. You know, they're just not, they're not even, they don't even care. They're just asking it because it's a cultural thing. That's a, I mean, that's a balance and it's definitely a challenge. Um, there's a scripture that I've been thinking about. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, Paul said it and I was listening to a podcast on, I don't know, Messianic Jews or something like that. Some Jewish perspective of Christianity. And this guy says, he brings out this, uh, this scripture. Okay. It's, it's, Paul, he's writing to the Galatians. 
He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So this guy's breaking this down. He's a Christian, loves Jesus, but he's he's trying to, I guess, help Gentiles uh, like me see it <laughs> through a Jewish lens. Because Paul's a Jew. He's a very, I mean, he's a skilled Jew. This guy's Jew of all Jews, you know. And he writes this phrase. He says, oh, I remember who it was now. Uh, but anyway, I won't say it because I'm going to shout him out in the uh, – <laughs> podcast but uh for the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself so he's breaking that down he says why does paul so first of all jesus takes the whole law 636 and boils it down to two and then paul feels the need to take that and boil it down to one and that one is not what you would expect which is love the lord god with all your heart your soul and your mind it is love your neighbor as yourself and i so what the gentleman went on to say is that you cannot love God. You can't love your neighbor without loving God. All love comes from God. And that's what Paul is trying to point out in a very Jewish uh, cloaked way is, listen, good luck loving your neighbor. You're going to have to love Jesus a bunch, and his love's going to have to be poured down on the inside of you for you to love your neighbor. It's not going to happen. But he's also pointing out the importance of community there. He's also saying, hey, you should have a neighbor. And that neighbor should be so close to you that you are in a position where you have to choose whether you're going to love him or not. And that vulnerability, it's what comes to my mind is it requires a humility. When the Bible says that when you're humble, when I'm humble, God steps in. When I'm proud, mm -hmm. he resists me. So there's this, there's a, it's like two magnets. You know, when you're a kid, I've got a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three or four-year-old, and they're, they're playing with magnets. It's this huge thing right now. I'm, I'm sure every kid goes through it and I'm probably went through it and they're pushing magnets. I mean, magnets are everywhere over our house, like not just a fridge, like everywhere. So anyway, they're, and they're doing all these tricks and you know, these experiments. Anyway, of course you have the one, the twos that, that repel and you have the two that kind of stick together. Well, it's like that humility is those two magnets that pull together. God steps mm -hmm. in immediately when I'm humble for me to tell you, for me to answer a question. When you ask me, hey, how's it going? Something other than the answer that you can't dig any further. You know, if I say, man, it's just been tough. It's been, you know, and then you want to dig. Now I've got to humble myself because here I am in front of Evan admitting that I don't have the most successful situation right now, you know, mm -hmm. or whoever it may be. That humility in my life gives God a chance to step in. And then, like we were saying earlier, here, I think in my head, Evan's going to have this perspective. I'm using you as an example. Um, it could be anybody. Evan's going to have this perspective. You know, Mark's going to have this perspective, whoever. And yet, when God steps in, it ends up not being this judgment perspective. It's like, oh, man, I know how, I know how you feel. You know, mm -hmm. if you're listening to this right now and you're in service industry, I mean, every industry is lacking people right now. So I'll get stuck in this situation where somebody asks, how's my business going? I'm like, you know, I want to say, I can't find any people. <laughs> like I'm dying. <laughs> I'm drowning. Like I am literally drowning. That's what I feel like. And, but I want to be like, man, I'm killing it. Like this is how you turn it. So let me just, I'll tell myself a little bit. So if you ever catch me in the grocery store and I give you this answer, you know, I'm lying or I'm, I'm okay. So <laughs> here's, Here's what sounds really good. I'm booked out six to eight weeks. I'm like, I'm booked out two months. People go, wow, that's awesome, man. Your business is killing it. And you know, you, you think in their head, they're like, oh man, 
Matt's just got it going on. He just figured it out. Like, but the truth is I can't find any employees. So the reason it's booked six to eight weeks out is because I'm the only one working. So it's just like, <laughs> if I tell him that, oh man, you know, my bit, I went from owning my own business to owning my own job. And now I basically just work for myself. When I say work for myself, I literally mean work for myself. Like that's not as successful. That is, that, that's not as exciting. But when I'm humble enough to say, man, uh, I, you know, I went from, I'm, I'm struggling. My, my dream is a bit discouraging right now because I left with this idea that I would have this business, you know, this, this entity mm -hmm. that I could sell or, you know, all these things that, you know, I spew. And now I have, I'm, you know, scraping glass or squeegeeing glass to feed my family. And I'm, I'm scraping the bottom barrel, like with what I got, because I can't possibly like the way I'm at business wise is the expenses are so high that I can't possibly stay there. Fast forward two years ago, you give me all this work, man, we're living high, big vacations, lots of fun. Now those expenses have rised up or risen. And now it's like, I'm, you know, I'm just barely, I can barely breathe and I'm yeah. working my tail off. So we do that and it requires humility from me. And honestly, I was going to try to tell this story when, when you brought out the scripture in Matthew 11, I think it is with my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like my, I'm day to day with business. I've got these two mountain trips coming in. I'm going on two mountain trips, worst summer ever to go on two mountain trips. And <laughs> I, my wife's like, um, so who's going to work when, uh, you're gone. I'm like, uh, well, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping I've hired some guys by then. And I'm sitting there with nobody. And here's the other thing. I'm just, and if they're listening, I'm gonna tell myself again, big vendors, <laughs> like big clients, Big clients with yeah. lots, like a, a big ticket, annual ticket. Like they, like I feel the need to present this image to them. I don't know if you deal with this. You're kind of a, I mean, you're in a big ticket world. Like I have to present this image that we are bigger, wider, gr broader, grander than we really are. And so you get I'm in marketing. Pressure. That's literally all we do. Okay, there you go. All right. So <laughs> I... But let me tell you this, man, because this is God working on my behalf. Like I have, I've obviously I've bounced around with it. We've struggled with like hiring guys and they quit. And then for a while you couldn't get anybody and like nobody would even apply. And every single time I have come up to a big client that I knew I couldn't handle. Like if I show up by myself, like we're not getting this done. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. God has provided people, even if they were there for like three days, <laughs> that he has provided people at that moment in time whereby and i'm trying to say this right the business met the needs of the client and for that moment i looked big enough and broad enough to handle what they needed and for that moment for those few days i was even though maybe those guys left or they were you know i had to leave them you know send them their send them uh packing or whatever even though that happened every single time what i will tell you uh without fear of being a liar here i'm about to go on these two mountain trips and once again if you had asked me a week ago, I'd be like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've got people that need their glass done, their glass cleaned. And I, I, don't, I have to leave. I don't, I don't know what to do. And would you, would you believe it? It's worked out. I got the right people at the right time. Or the people called and they're like, hey, could you do it this instead of this? And I'm like, can I? Of course I can. Because I won't even be there that day that you wanted me to do it in the first place. So... I've done that for you a lot lately. Oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> we have rescheduled you. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, it is so true. 
Oh, uh, my. Like, every day you pick, I'm like, oh, I can't do it that day, but I need to. But, <laughs> so uh, behind the scenes, for those of y'all who are uh, listening, my company has the privilege of cleaning Evan's <laughs> windows at his house. So sometimes that might be just Matt, but fortunately, I don't think it's going to be. I think we got enough people trained, but every time we go to schedule it, you know, he can't do it. Something comes up, man. Yeah. I feel it's bad. just like I nonstop. Bad. We're two months behind. Well, you're not the only one, Evan. Um, but anyway, enough about my. Well, I want to reel this in because I think yeah. that, I think that, uh, first, so first of all, thank you for sharing that. I think what you're talking about is like, again, going back to Adam's story, you think you're alone in this. You think it's, it's really hard for me to hire employees. I'm, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to wait, you know, you know, how do I, how do I fake through it? Like, how do I manage this? And then God comes through in the end. And he probably comes through in the end because you, you you're at the point where you have to trust him. I do. I, yeah. Listen, it's <laughs> and that's that. when he's like, okay, like now you've, now you're, now you're like, oh, Hey, like I've just been sitting here in the corner, like waiting for you. Like I'm knocking and you just haven't opened the door. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep knocking. But then you're like, okay, open the door. Hey, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I should have called you sooner. But it's, I think that that whole situation right there, like, like I know, like I know that it's hard to find people right now. I I, I know that I've talked to a lot of businesses that are struggling with that. And here's the thing that I struggle with. I've said this multiple times. I am horrible at empathy, but I can totally empathize with you talking about having trouble find, uh, trying to find people to work. Uh, because I see it across everything that I touch right now. And the interesting thing is like, if we talk about it there, like that empathy leads to patience. Mm -hmm. It leads to compassion. It leads to, uh, you know, people just being workable to the extent that I think that again, going big situation, I think it could have worked both ways. I think you could have gone to that big client and been like, Hey, I don't have enough people right now. Uh, I'm in the process of doing it. Uh, you know, labor's been just crazy right now. Uh, and I think that would have been like, Hey, no problem. You know, do what you can do and and we'll get through it. I think that could have happened as well in now. I think it's great. You got the job done cause you probably needed the revenue, but on the other side of it, I think that there would have been patience there. Like I'm literally telling clients right now, Hey, no, things that normally take three to five business days, I'm being told 20 to 25 days just because we they're, they're having like, they're bringing in 10 and only keeping one. And it's just, it's just difficult right now. But I think that again, just going through all of those things that we're talking about, just that willingness to, to be vulnerable, that willingness to listen, uh, to empathize, to build that relationship and to trust in God. Like that is everybody's journey. That's, you know, Adam's journey through this is like, again, like I said, the exaggeration of that, it shows where this path goes when we try to do it ourselves. But ultimately, even in just something as simple as hiring and labor or something as simple as just, God, I don't know how this is going to work out today, but I'm giving it to you. Just trusting him, giving him the our yoke, taking his and, and just saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. Let's walk through this and go go through there. You know, I think that just, I'm going to go broad stroke here. I think that we all deal with some version of this uh, and we forget God and we get unplugged. We, we're, we're not in all those things that, that, uh, that Adam talked about. And I think that's why it's so relatable. I think that's why 
uh, redemption stories like this make such an impact because we get to the point of full surrender. We get to the point where we truly invite God to walk through this with us. And then we see the fruit. We see the redemption. We see the, uh, the, re- the reduction of needing to cope, the reduction of, um, you know, not, it's, it's not all about me. It's about God. And when we, when we see it in the light of that, we, we have a much bigger understanding of God's mercy, his grace, uh, and his willingness to walk side by side with us and, and help us through everything. I, I think that when we look at our mess and realize that, that Jesus is the only one that can really fix that mess, that it, I think Lee said this, the best conditions for Jesus to change us is in that community. And I think that having these conversations, having the willingness to talk about our struggles and hopefully, you know, talking to people where we, we have, like you said, we're in a position to be their neighbor to love on them, mm. to encourage them, uh, and to have that relationship. And I think a brotherhood is a neighborhood. I think a brotherhood is a, it, it can be, you know, the guys that we see at the breakfast, it can be a mountain men group. Uh, it can be a small group. It can be a midsize group. You know, we, we talk about all that stuff, uh, at the breakfast, but I think that what I always circle back to with this is when we talk about brotherhood, we talk about like the importance of having that, like, what does that mean for you, the listener? What does that mean for me? Like, we, like Johnny can't be my best friend. You, Matt, you can't be, you, I mean, you could be my best friend if we could figure that out. We, we talk a lot, but like, we can't be that for everyone. So everyone's going to have to have their own community. They're going to have to have their own brotherhood. And the steps to getting that, that neighborhood uh, situation where we're choosing to love or we're choosing to, to not love our neighbor that's going to take vulnerability. That's going to take closeness. That's going to take time. And, and what we need to do is we need to identify those relationships and invest that time and create that closeness. And in that situation, uh, through vulnerability, through empathy, through all those things, that's where our brotherhood is going to come. Obviously, you know, some of the events that we do, we try to create those opportunities all the time. Um, and I think that, you know, we've, we've done a, a pretty good job of that. Um, but that's, I don't think that's enough for, for guys to truly be successful. I I think they need to be very intentional with their own brotherhoods so that when they're in that situation that they need encouragement, that brother can be there. When they're in that situation where they feel like they're alone, that brother can be there. Uh, when they're in that situation of hopelessness, uh, we can see that there is hope and we can be reminded of, you know, here's God's plan for us. Here's how God's helped me through this. Uh, you know, I, I don't have all the answers for you, uh, but I know God does. And, you know, here's how I got to those answers. When when we have that recognition of hope and we have that situation, we're like, okay, I recognize that this is what God wants for me. So these are the things that I need to, to set my mind to. It's just sometimes it's just that reminder that gets us that much closer uh, to, you know, getting out of the mess and into freedom and into relationship. And I think that, you know, Every story that we've talked about this, this year has been great for redemption stories and, and for just speakers that are really, man, just hitting the nail on the head every single time, uh, when it comes to encouraging the brotherhood, 
that, that it's, it's really awesome that we have an opportunity to kind of sit down and, and talk about these things because I, I didn't know where we were going to go <laughs> with like the, the content that we have from today, but man, I, I've enjoyed this conversation. So if anything, like I, there's going to be one listener with a thumbs up that likes this <laughs> podcast and it's me. So hopefully maybe we get to, but, uh, man, this is, this has been fun. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm going to recap a few things, but I think you nailed it. I mean, one of the things that keeps bubbling up in me and maybe it's because I need to hear it. Maybe somebody else out there needs to hear it, but that scripture, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm going to read it real quick. Um, Matthew 11, I think it's 14. Nope. Starts at 28. Jesus says, come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, what sticks out to me in that scripture is rest for your souls. And that's what Mm -hmm. Adam had to deal with. That's what we have to deal with. And it is wrapped up in uh, surrendering our life to God. And he brings us into a community and says, okay, do life with these guys. Tell these guys, love your neighbor as yourself and let God kind of start speaking to those areas where you're not isolated. If you think you are, you're not the only one. If you think you are, what you're facing can be overcome and can be walked through and probably will be a daily walkthrough that God does with you. You know, the importance of brotherhood is huge. I think that's just what we've communicated here or God. I, I like to see it as God's communicated through us. You know, we have that honor and that privilege to let God speak to people and then come join us. I mean, don't, don't, if you're just stop at the podcast, then come join us at a breakfast, you know, find some time, uh, reach out to one of us, reach out to us on message. I'm typically the guy that answers that. So, you know, and get involved, get connected. If it's not with this brotherhood, find somebody else somewhere else to touch base with and get connected to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's one thing that I wanted to add to that, that I was just kind of recapping my notes whenever uh, you were talking. And that was, uh, Adam said this, the military, military didn't want to see me die. Like that was, oh that God, was the community yes. that we had, but my brotherhood wants to see me live. And just looking at the difference between those two things, I think you can have community where they're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want the worst for you. Like I, I, I think you'd, you know, I think it'd be great if you were successful or whatever, but just, Hey, just don't die. Like, like we're a team here. Let's, let's get through this together. Let's survive. But ultimately a brotherhood wants to see you live. And I think that ties in a little bit to what I was talking about with, you know, as a brotherhood, are we encouraging as a brotherhood? Are we lifting each other up? And and I really wanted to make the point that I, I think that we underestimate the value of building people up. And I think that's the challenge that we, we run into more often than not. But anyway, so awesome uh, to get back in the seat and podcast, do these recaps and connect together. So, Matt, thank you again for being a part of this. Brothers, remember, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. We'll catch you on the next podcast.